Hello and welcome to Craft Path, a production of Harvest Insights, where we explore the art and science of perfecting one's craft. We meet with the makers and advisors of products and services in the food and beverage world and beyond, and those noted and respected for their trade. I'm your host, Mark Juhas, on this journey of discovery. Let's get exploring together on Craft Path. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Craft Path. This is episode number four. And in this episode, we interview Miss Donna Sicora, owner and founder of My Tea Brew. And we discuss the world of tea and her own tea business based here in Toronto, in Etobicoke specifically. She provides uh, a range of uh, high quality teas produced and blended by her. Um, she's got a great website that uh, I encourage people to listen uh, to, to go to My Tea Brew. I'll provide it in the show notes as well. We have a broad ranging conversation about her passion and what inspired her to found her tea company, her travels to China. She is a graduate of the George Brown Tea Sommelier program, George Brown College here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We talk about tea and health, tea and different cultures and their engagement with tea, different types of teas in Asia, China, Japan. But also, of course, India and uh, the traditions that have been brought to the, to uh, North America, to Canada, from primarily from British traditions in Great Britain in the Canadian context. And we talk about and look and compare uh, tea to coffee and alcohol consumption, occasions for tea, its wellness benefits, the diversity of tea applications, you know, infusions, and where some of those new directions are going, as well as what she sees as distinct about her brand, Mighty Brew, uh, including some work that she's done in in uh, formulating and creating these very unique flavor profiles. So I think it, it turns and translates into a really interesting podcast. And so uh, tune in for it and and uh, let's get right to the show. Here we are. So. Hello, welcome, welcome, Donna, to to um, Craft Path, uh, and I'm happy to have you uh, on the show. And I know we've met in person once before, I believe, at the Humber Bay Farmers Market initially. And yes. and uh, and I I really like what Mighty Brew has to offer in the world of tea, and it's a great website and colorful um, images of the different types of teas. Uh, so we'll we'll have a whole range of questions, um, but maybe the first thing, uh, Donna, is just if you could tell us a bit about your background and what led you to founding Mighty Brew. Well, first of all, it was great meeting you at Humber Bay, and thank yes. you for having. Uh, I look forward to having our little chat this morning. Um, what started with Mighty Brew was I had worked in an organization a large corporate company, and uh, it was a very male domain industry. And it was a round peg trying to fit into a square peg hole, and it just wasn't fitting. Um, but nonetheless, that was uh, my my job, and uh, it provided for an income over many, many years. As time progresses, uh, you start uh, looking at what do I want to do further in life? And I also, I also, I always wanted to create something, and I've always had a creative background, and um, and that sort of started the little bit of a path. I started looking into tea a little bit more. I was a coffee drinker, like many, coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon and evening, and as time progressed, that coffee just wasn't agreeing with me anymore. So off I was to having tea full time. So then I started 
checking out a couple of little tea shops, expanding a little bit more knowledge in tea. And then I thought, you know, this tea is sort of taking things over a little bit for me. So (laughs) why don't I get, I should learn a little bit more about tea. So I inquired uh, online and found that George Brown College was offering a new program for as a tea sommelier. I thought, well, that sounds pretty darn interesting. So I signed up and off I went to George Brown to learn more about tea. And it was shortly, uh, very early on into the program, uh, meeting my new tea peeps um, that while we were tasting and exploring different teas, that I tasted oolong tea for the first time and literally I fell in love. Mm-hmm. And that was my moment. I went deep into tea. Um, my life path changed dramatically from that moment onwards. I continued with the program. It was tremendous in terms of uh, learning about tea. It was a great introduction to tea, but tea is a forever learning path. Yes. There is so much tea out uh, in the world. And so it was my foray into learning about tea, but a lifetime to go further into knowing more about tea. Uh, but certainly when I tried oolong tea, that was the moment. That was the mm. changing moment. And then one thing leads to another. You, Your dissatisfaction with your primary income uh, and uh, provider and you decide that you're going to foray into a different path. So I started my tea brew very, very small at a farmer's market in Port Credit, actually. Yes, yes. Um, And so that was the beginning of the uh, company, the start of the company. And at that time, as many tea providers, um, I provided some straightforward black teas, some green teas, unblended, and then some blends. The blends themselves were from tea suppliers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. which are quite, which the majority of them are flavored. And not to say good or bad, it's just that they are flavored. And um, I went for lunch with one of my tea peeps about a year into having this little company on the side. Um, and one of my tea peeps and I had a lovely conversation about tea as usual, the main topic. (laughs) Right. And with that, the question was, what makes you different? Right. And it was a question that just sat with me for a long time. And it, it just, it sat with me and it sat with me and I sat with me and I struggled with it in terms of, yes, what really makes me different? I've always been a creative person. I love food. I've always enjoyed food. I've always had that. Maybe it's a European background, but a joy of food and and what food brings to other people in terms of gathering people together. And with that, I decided at that point to pivot that infamous word that's being used these days, pivot um, and start creating. And so I started to create blends and I really wanted to have blends that were all natural and yes there are flavorings that are all natural but i really wanted to take that ingredient out of the equation and so with that using all natural ingredients the cost is higher there's a, a larger amount of ingredient that is needed to create the blend so for instance if you're using cinnamon bark that's mm-hmm. crushed mm-hmm. i.e. chips 
you need to use a greater amount than if you were, for instance, using a couple of drops of cinnamon flavoring. Right. Okay. But with that, I wanted an all-natural blend. And so the focus became, how can I create a better blend? How can I be different out there and still use premium teas, not a regular good basic uh, straight tea as your base because you're blending, but a premium tea that you're still using in a blend Mm. and all natural ingredients. And being creative provides me an outlet of A, being creative, B, providing something different to my consumer. Um, And so it becomes a um, something that's different. And it's something that I could then control versus buying from a wholesaler. And I create the recipes for it. That's so neat. So I I looked at your website and I'm uh, towards the end, we'll, we'll say, you know, how people can get in touch with you and learn more about Mighty Brew. But one of the things that I, I, I'd like to ask you more about is your initial travel. I think you say that you traveled to China. And so tell, please tell us a bit about what is it about Oolong? What is it about China that really opened up your, your, your world of tea? I think, um, you know, Travel is always a wonderful experience. I think it's a visual experience. It's an emotional experience. It opens your your mind, your life in terms of what is on the other side. And it was a different type of travel trip for me. There were five individuals. Uh, we had uh, graduated from the tea sommelier program. So okay. we're all tea peeps. We're all deep into tea. All of these people you went to George Brown with? Yes. Wow. Okay. That sounds like a fun trip. So that was a different type of then tea travel. We were able to, uh, uh, the person that organized the trip, who had also had been at George Brown, um, had the good fortune of uh, being uh, from China uh, himself. And so as a result, he was able to uh, create the, the, um, the trip and allow us access into small tea villages um, and small tea providers that the general public, I don't think, is really um, wow. able to access. So with that, it became a very organic uh, type of trip versus yeah. something that you see in terms of on a large scale. Mm. For instance, one of the um, one of our stops was uh, to a gentleman by the name of Mr. Gu, and Mr. Gu was growing tea. And with that, he had a tea called Bilo Chun. And with it, that is a tea that is produced for a short uh, window in the spring. And from there, they will then have fruit trees on their uh, on their yard plant. Yes, yes. And they will then um, produce fruit after that. But um, as a result of the Bilo Chun, you will have a little bit of fruit uh, notes to it. And he had a, it's hard to describe, but a uh, sort of a hut, so to speak, a very small um, sort of clay. Where is this, Donna, more or less in China? South China, East China? Yes, in the southeast uh, area of China. Okay. And he, um, it was um, sort of a a clay hut, so to speak, uh, is best to to uh, use the term. And with it, there was a large walk. And underneath uh, was uh, an area that you open the door and then you would put wood underneath wow. because 
China, predominantly they're fly, uh, pan-fired uh, teas. So with his bare hands, no less, as any chef would know how <laughs> hands, you know, get used to different heat temperatures, uh, he would pan-fire the freshly picked tea. It was an experience that was tremendous, and we were in his family home. And that experience was the beginning of how tea is a community, wow. how open it is. Yes. And it was just a very different experience that of different travel that I've ever had in my life. And so it was pretty cool. <laughs> is this so you on your website you mentioned and I may mispronounce it, please correct me. T Kuan Yi Yin. T Kuan Yin. Yeah, yin. Yes. So T Kuan Yin is a type of uh, oolong tea in China. Uh, there are very there's a lot of different uh, oolongs. Uh, in the sense that oolong is uh, considered a green tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oxidization on the oolong uh, can vary more so than most other green teas. For instance, if you have, by oxidization, I mean a black tea, for instance, would be highly oxidized. So if you think of cutting an apple and you cut the apple, yes. it oxidizes, it turns darker, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that, on a uh, oolong tea, it has the greatest um, expanse in terms of uh, from a lighter green to a more roasted, darker. Interesting. Um, and the tea Kuan Yin, I find, is um, a nice green tea. It's well known. Uh, it's a delicious tea. And um, I have it on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So, uh could you tell just a little bit about this George Brown program? It, it's still alive today. It's alive it today. Is. People um, and and what is it? An annual? Do they start seasonal? Do they have it different semesters? How how long is it? What, what obviously? What do you learn? Obviously, what is some of the interesting elements of it? Yeah, the uh, program itself. Um, when I started, uh, it was very new, mm-hmm. and so they were looking at paralleling the wine sommelier uh, the wine sommelier program that they're okay. also offering. Um, and with that, um, the program, the first course was still listed under a tea appreciation, uh, course. It was going to be four courses. Yeah. Um, the second course they had changed and mod- made a lot of modifications, uh, and it became a tea Somalia program and it was eight courses. Um, with that, um, it was tea regions. Uh, we looked at, uh, we were tasting tea every week. Uh, we even did um, one um, evening where uh, trying different waters and how water plays uh, in terms of the t- flavor profile that you'll have with tea. Interesting. Whether you have uh, a distilled tea, uh, a tap water tea, a bottled tea, etc. cetera. Um, so it, um, it uh, ran for a number of years. Um, Bill was the... Um, instructor for the program and he was terrific uh great instructor it was a great program to have open discussions yes and different teas and have it in person um i think online is great for many things in life but i just find that it's the is having that um contact in person and having that dialogue with other tea peeps around you while you're tasting different uh, teas and seeing the profile that you may discern, but someone else may not discern. So it just uh, was a good experience in terms of, as I say, from a start of learning about tea. Um, the tea uh, program continued for a number of years. 
it was eight programs, by the way, eight courses in total. Um, in terms of the layout, I think each course was about six weeks, uh, one one day, one night a week, uh, for uh, for six weeks for each segment. Um, and then there was a final exam in terms of uh, discerning which T uh, you were trying. Um, it still exists. It still exists. It still exists. It, okay. it there was a bit of a, a drop in it for a few years. And as COVID approached, right. uh, like much, yes. like many businesses out there um, and organizations, mm. um, there is there is a bit of a, a lull for a while. And I believe that it started up again. I think that they're now uh, they've probably made some modifications in terms of the program itself, in terms of what's being offered. Um, and I'm not sure. I think Bill has moved on to retirement. Um, and I'm not sure who is now spearheading the program in terms of uh, offer, uh, teaching programs. Okay, super interesting. So I, I, I'll maybe try to provide a, a link for the listeners about that program. Um, yeah. Here's here's one, Donna. Um, tea versus coffee. And, yeah. and, and the world of beverages. So of course, yes. you know, you like, what do you, you know, I, I did a little bit of, you know, homework, you know, before our call today. So obviously what is, what would you say it, tea versus coffee and then tea versus tea compared to water, tea compared mm-hmm. to uh, an alcohol in the evening to relax or, you know, to, uh, you know, all these energy drinks and there's a huge diversity of beverages, right? Um, traditional that have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. So where do you see tea, especially here? You know, we're both here, obviously, in, in the GTA in Toronto and Ontario and Canada. Like tea, a, from your experience now with it compared to coffee and these all, all these other beverages, and where does that fit in? Yeah, I think that um, certainly in North America, it's a very much of a coffee culture um, and has been for a number of years. Um, it certainly is a higher percentage of coffee drinkers than tea drinkers, although tea is on the rise. Um, water, by the way, being number one beverage, which thankfully, which is good. From there, I find that, um, you know, they're diehard coffee drinkers and they're diehard tea drinkers. Um, but with that, I've, I'm, I am seeing from my customer base mm-hmm. is those that are drinking coffee will have that coffee in the morning. Yes. Um, and then they'll start drinking the tea in the afternoon and evening. Very commonly, very common transition. And just as I took that path as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are those that only drink tea when they're sick because that's what they uh, were used to when they were growing up. Right. Um, so I think that the nice thing to see is that tea is expanding uh, in terms of those that are drinking tea. Um, and I think that, but, but I also look at tea expanding in different areas. For instance, um, tea has now the ready to drink market has become a very large market in terms of incorpor- in, in terms of just as a beverage, number one, uh, number two, um, trying to be different and mm-hmm. getting away from that drinking um type uh component tea is now being incorporated into ready to drink um beverages interesting so that's yep. a big big segment um you'll see tea uh there's some great um mixologist uh out out there and again creating something that's different they will take uh, a tea for instance uh created into a simple syrup 
which is equal parts water to sugar and infusing the tea in with it and adding that as an element into their beverage that they're creating. Right. So I, I, and tea is also can be used in terms of um, food production. For instance, if you're baking, Interesting, right? you know, yeah. take tea, grinding it into a fine powder, mm. if you're making cookies or whatever, take a chai blend and, and sprinkle that in with it, um, etc. So I think that the interesting thing with tea is just the, the amount of variety yes. a, of teas out there, but B, in terms of how tea can be used in different areas. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it just maybe a bit of knowledge for the listeners. So if, if I am I right, there's the there's one type of tea leaf, I think. Yes. That is, is the of course, we'll get to the diversity of many, many, many different types of, of teas and preparations, but there is it right to say there's one type of tea leaf that is seems to be one of the more common ones that is used for like large-scale tea uh, manufacturers like i think there's one and they you see those if you can envision those plantations where people are like picking it right mm -hmm. they walk through those bushes mm -hmm. those bushes mm -hmm. is that right that's is, is that a particular type of tea and where is that mostly produced right so basically all tea comes from the same plant mm -hmm. it's called camellia sinensis plant mm. and that is the the tea plant uh, there's two varietals uh, of it, uh, the Camellia sinensis sinensis and Camellia sinensis asamica. The asamica is a bigger, broader leaf, bigger bush. Mm. Uh, the sinensis smaller. But of those two, there are varietals from derived from that. So those are considered what I would say, let's say, the mother plant. So all tea then comes from the Camellia sinensis plant. Okay. So where you see differences is the varietal within that plant, where it's grown, um, the clay conditions, and as all living plants, all of that has uh, an impact on the end product. So if you think of grapes growing, you know, the Niagara yes, region, okay. France, um, all of those uh, make for change, uh, uh, create differences uh, amongst it, but all tea inevitably comes from the same plant so whether we're talking about oolong or black tea or rooibos they're, they're often the, the, the it's the actual preparation that creates that distinction or or the the, 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 the soil or, or where wherever it's grown exactly. yeah except for one um that you had mentioned in terms of rooibos rooibos is actually not from the tea plant um so it is uh grown in uh, south africa okay and so it is known as what we would consider uh, a tisane mm. Um, or some people call it an herbal, because it is actually not derived from the tea plant. So with the tea plant, whether it be a white tea, a green tea, an oolong tea, a poor tea, a black tea, all of them are derived from the tea plant. As a result, all of those teas will be caffeinated. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so there's so many interesting cultural stories about this as well maybe if you have any stories so you know i i know that um there's there's so many cultural heritage for example like i know the japanese tea ceremony right which is i i yes. just know about it arms like through as a cultural um expression um you know you know i guess canadian influence from from british culture in in england and and um 
and it's you know British India or when when the British were in India, is there some sort of cultural stories you know of, or just you know some of these elements of, of how you've seen tea incorporated in different cultures that you find interesting as well? Well, I think that with uh, around the world there are certainly a lot of uh, tea cultures. Mm -hmm. um, there are. Um, countries that are very old um, and it's been ingrained within their culture uh, for, for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, whereas Canada being a younger country, um, our influence is mostly from the British. So a lot of black tea was, was uh, drank uh, versus green teas, which is a faster growing segment in terms of green teas. Um, and so we are new to that tea world versus others around the world. And I think the fastest uh, growing uh, transition in terms of uh, uh, where tea has been in, uh, and is coming over more to the North American culture is matcha tea. Matcha tea. Uh, people, matcha people, people have gone on the bandwagon with matcha tea. So matcha tea, so, so is, is, it, is matcha, Donna, also again from that same tea leaf? Yes, so it is also from the Camellia sinensis. Interesting, because I didn't think. And, okay. uh, the difference with uh, matcha tea versus other teas is that on the the last three weeks of growth for the tea plant, okay. it is um, covered uh, with a tarp um, so that the tea leaves themselves do not uh, get any sunlight. So the chlorophyll that is in the tea leaf. Um, is uh, produces a brighter uh, green tea, wow. but only after the plucking and the producing of the tea, um, the final stage is to grind it into a fine powder. Wow. So unlike other teas where you are drinking the tea, uh, what is known as the liquor, uh, when you're steeping tea, the uh, final product after steeping your or brewing your tea is known as liquor, the matcha tea, you're actually in, ingesting the entire tea leaf. So grind ground into a fine powder. It doesn't dissolve within the water, but is ground into a powder. Uh, you whisk it and then you drink mm -hmm. it. And uh, <laughs> it has a lot more umami yeah. uh, in, in the flavor profile. Super interesting. And why do you think it's growing as a, as a segment? If you had to guess. Uh, I think I would guess because I think that uh, green tea started, there was a, um, a few years back, uh, there was a lot more information that was coming out in terms of green tea and their health benefits. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with that, um, as time progressed, uh, the discovery of matcha tea, and I think just the availability and, and just the consumer's uh, the, the general public just learning more and uh, being exposed to more teas that are out there um, with the matcha tea because you're ingesting the entire leaf mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're actually getting a higher level of the antioxidants yes antioxidants in the green than you would so than drinking the tea so i think that played into it in terms of health benefits uh where people are looking at um getting healthier and tea is one of those uh things that they would like to incorporate into their daily life 
into a healthy lifestyle, and that is having tea. And hence, I think matcha started taking off. Interesting. And I know I, I, I you know, was looking closely at your website, and I, and I, my brother's a, a medical doctor, and I know that you know, um, health research. You know, we have to be careful what we say about health benefits. But maybe if you could mm -hmm. speak a bit more, you know, um, sometimes just like the the history of enjoyment and how it makes you feel and feel well. Um, is is proof 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 enough? But is there? I, I imagine there, there's probably a lot of uh, association of tea with wellness and health. You know, for different occasions. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I have uh, if I've eaten a lot or you know I have an upset stomach, I'll, I'll usually have a bit of a peppermint tea. When I was growing up as a kid, um, you know, my mm -hmm. my background's Hungarian. We would have chamomile tea, you know, to make you you know sleepy. And so so is what's your your on health and wellness and teas? Different teas for different times of the day or not? Well, I think that there's certainly a lot of different teas out there and um, those that are having so-called benefits. Mm -hmm. um, I of the there's a lot of documentation, but um, I, I look at it in terms of and I'm, I'm not a naturopathic doctor. I'm not a doctor, but in terms of my own research and, and the information that's out there. And I think that um, a green tea just being in general good for you um, with the um, antioxidant levels, etc. But in terms of, as you indicated, having mint or a chamomile, I too have a European background. So yes, when you want to have a sleepy time, you always had chamomile, yeah. which is an herb or mint after your tummy's not quite right, right? Um, with that though, I think tea also brings just a general... When you're having tea, it just brings a different, uh, it's a different approach to having tea than I think it is having coffee in right. general and well-being. And I, and I say that in the sense of, you know, for as a coffee, everybody loves that first savory, you know, having their coffee in the morning, etc. But I think that um, there's a lot more caffeine level in coffee than there is in tea. But I think with tea, the steeping time, brewing time is longer than with coffee. And I think what it does is it just has us all as a society slow mm -hmm. down, prepare your tea, slow down, take that moment and then savor and enjoy it. It also is a great community builder. I think it brings people together. I think sharing tea is just something that is just, I see it as being different than having um, getting together for coffee. Yes. And so maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Cause I was again, preparing for our chat today. Um, I was looking at, uh, you know, just what's online. And one of the things that struck me and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you is about tea preparation. And then the one was yes. like, Oh, people have been preparing tea wrong for a long, long time. So is there, uh, you know, there's, in, there's like, you know, you could think of like, um, what is it? Um, what's the most common orange Pico, um, uh, brand that I'm just trying to, you know, the one that's in the circle packet that's been around forever. Oh, like red, a red rose. Yes, or thank you. Or red rose. Yeah. Red rose. So there's, there's much more, um, you know, large scale produce, you know, teas, or, you know, if you go to, to pick mm -hmm. up a Tim Hortons tea or whatever, but is there, is there, um, an element to tea preparation that you think is important to sort of really get out those nuances in the, the flavor? Yes. So we, I think a lot of people started drinking either herbal blends, um, when they were introduced to tea uh, growing up or black tea and black tea and herbal, can take a hotter water. So I'm old school, so I'm on Fahrenheit. So I'll, I'll explain everything in Fahrenheit because that's what I'm comfortable with. And with that, 
black tea would be uh, taking water from right from the boil. Um, and it's usually one teaspoon per cup and you steep it for four to five minutes. Uh, those that really like that, you know, hefty, you know, make your teaspoon stand up in your cup will <laughs> brew it for a lot longer. Um, and if that's how they enjoy it, so be it. I mean, uh, tea is sort of as you like it is as you should have it. Um, but the standard rule of thumb is one teaspoon per cup and your steeping time is about four to five minutes. Green tea, on the other hand, when I speak to uh, customers and say, well, I, I really don't like green tea and I am, and I always question them and it's the same question. Why don't you like green tea? And it's always the same answer. It's really bitter. Well, it's really not bitter, but it's probably because A, the water temperature is too high or B, the steeping time is too right. long. So green tea, unlike black tea, is a little bit more delicate. So with a green tea, you want a cool uh, temperature that is not water that's not quite from the boil. You want it below the boil. Uh, so for instance, anywhere between 185 to 195 degrees Fahrenheit. And your steeping time is going to be about three, three and a half minutes. And from that, then you'll have a delicious uh, green tea. yeah. If you go to a white tea, you want to even have it a little bit uh, quite as hot. So you're going at about 175. And again, your steeping time is about three minutes. So each tea category really has its own um, steeping time and its own water temperature. And with those basic steeping times and temperature, water temperatures, you will then have the perfect cup of tea. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um and I have, I've tried all the, you know, matcha too. I know it's just really, it, it's different because you have that bright green, right? That it's just infused throughout. It's all these yes. different types of, tea. um, maybe if, if you would a bit done about your clients, some of the, you know, all without getting on the specifics of any, but just, um, what, wh how has that been like your, your experience with some of the clients who keep coming back to you and what they tell you about the occasions or, you know, the, the different, um, uh, times that they use it and, and what they, what what is what they like most or what is for example your most popular one or does it change through, with the seasons and I'm interested to know sort of how you know your clients too yeah um, my client base is predominantly women and uh, the age group I would say is anywhere between 25 to 65 um, and those that are younger and those that are older, but I'd say that is sort of the majority, uh, of my group of, um, customers. And I hope that they keep coming back because they love the blends. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, with that sharing with them, um, just stories about tea. Yeah. Uh, I love storytelling about tea, how the tea blend came to be. Um, and the fact that using all natural ingredients, I think appeals to them. Um, but I'm also cognizant of the fact that I'm also one of their, uh, one of the, um, tea providers mm -hmm. and I'm, they are also, they have a, a cupboard full of tea and there are other fine uh, merchants out there as well, uh, that they are uh, getting tea from, but a lot of them are looking at tea as more of a health benefit and trying to, um, drink less coffee, um, and get into tea more so, um, regarding part of it is uh, the health benefits. But I also have a large group of customers that are really caffeine sensitive. Okay. And there's not a lot of off or there is a lot of offering, but they're not finding the offering of that they would like in terms of herbal blends. So I do create 
selection of herbal blends yes. and also some wellness herbal blends as well uh, to address certain main commonalities. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're drinking tea a yeah. lot more and they're drinking tea in the afternoon and tea in the evening and yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So you, one of the questions that I have as well is, uh, you know, I was just uh, this past um, summer at a wedding in uh, in um, in Winnipeg. And uh, it's interesting because I know you and I, oh, my pardon? Home. My hometown. Yeah, oh, I did. Okay. I, yeah, you're from, okay. Yeah, so my partner, Jenny, she's from Winnipeg. Uh, and so we we were at, I know you and I have talked, uh, joked about Lapsang Sochong because I, it's one of my, it's become one of my, and I've just discovered a couple of years ago, it's a very smoky, almost like a whiskey <laughs> in a tea form with no alcohol, obviously. But anyways, um, at a, at a, a place in down right in the uh, this uh, exchange district in downtown Winnipeg, they yep. had a, a bar. It was an al- it was like a, a for alcoholic spirits. But what was interesting, they were uh, they had a brew of lapsang sochong that you could take with you that you could buy and you would infuse it into your cocktails. But I was thinking, like, yes. how cool is that? You know, as a way. What 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 I'm what I'm yeah right. So so creative, right? Because you were saying earlier, like you could use teas in many different ways other than just you know as a, as a tea to drink it. You know, in a. But mm. um, here's here's my question that that more broadly, because I know that you have a range of herbal teas and you have a mix of things in addition to this traditional tea leaf that you've just mentioned, that infu- infusions mm-hmm. is a is a broader world, what you could say under the tea umbrella. Like I'm thinking other herbs, even uh, one of my first uh, interviews was with a, uh, a team that has started uh, infusions of, of mushrooms into, into like a, a, a pop beverage. But you have a whole range of other things like indigenous people had um, made teas from, I think, from pine, from from pine or from spruce, mm-hmm. spruce tips, a whole range of things. So, so there is many things that can be infused, of course, right? That could be under a tea mm-hmm. umbrella, right? Absolutely. And um, I think that uh, where tea is, is expanding is um, the, other, the other ingredients that can be used. Uh, for instance, uh, sweetgrass mm-hmm. um, is uh, that's sort of been coming up of late. Uh, chega, chega mushrooms yes. is the thing that's been out there. Uh, the last few years, uh, turmeric. Turmeric has sort of gotten very popular in terms of because of the uh, curcumin, which is the active ingredient in um, turmeric, in terms of the anti-inflammatory uh, components of it. So I, I've started to create some wellness blends a number of years ago, and I'm finding that that is an area that now has been expanding more and more so. And I think in terms of just as a population, we're just looking at other options in terms of healthy choices that are available out there and as a society we're just looking at a healthier lifestyle in general so i'm using turmeric and one of my blends of course chamomile has to be there so that's going to be in one of my blends um um, tulsi is uh, known as holy basil that's another uh common one which is uh, a soothing one um I'm trying to think of what else. Well, I have I have a question for you because we're both. I think 
I, I'm not sure if you're in a topical, but we're I'm I'm we're yeah we're here. And the reason I mention it is uh, one of the things that I think is really neat is probably one of the oldest buildings here in Etobicoke and tried is Montgomery's Inn, and and my yes. tea brew has Montgomery's tea. Well, could you tell us us and the listeners a bit what inspired that? And because it is speaking about infusions, right? And a com and a, a formulation. It's it sounds and looks and That's smells really, really great. So, and to your love of Lapsong Sushong is one of the components. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, there. so many years ago, uh, part of the Tea Guild, which I was one of the founding directors, um, we and it's just fostering uh, those that are interested in tea, and we uh, created uh, organically grew a little organization. And with that, we did a tea and food pairing at Montgomery's Inn. So that was my first. Uh, Connection Soda uh, called with Montgomery's Inn and a wonderful group of, of people, a lovely uh, facility. And uh, as time and a couple years in, uh, I was approached about creating a custom blend for Montgomery's Inn. And I have created other blends over uh, the past number of years, uh, some of them for some of the wineries in the Niagara region, mm -hmm. etc. And so Montgomery's Inn, I was... Um, asked to create a blend for them. So with all of my blends, they all start with one key focus or ingredient, and then I work from there. And historically, Montgomery's Inn, and based on the period of when the home was built, et cetera, and back in the day, the only heat source was fireplaces. Mm -hmm. So they did not have central air as we have right. now. <laughs> they had <laughs> fireplaces. And you have that smoky, that smoky flavor that <laughs> that that lingers in the air. And so I felt that I had to incorporate the Lapsong right. Sushong into the blend. And most people were drinking more so black tea, again, the British influences in Canada. So I used two different black teas as a base. I then incorporated some Lapsong Sushong to give it that little bit of smokiness. Uh, then I use some dried organic apple pieces because apple orchards were prominent in the area. And then what else is very Canadian and where do we drive a lot of our sweetness from years ago? And that is tapping for maple syrup. So there's organic maple syrup flakes in there right. as well. So the blend came to be Montgomery's tea. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool project. It was a lot of fun. And like most of the custom blends that I've created over the years, it's uh, it was an interesting project. It was lovely to be approached by them to create a blend for them. And I think it turned out uh, pretty darn yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it smells fun. I, I, we want to order, Jen, Jen, uh, Jenny was saying, we, let's order some tea from Mighty Brew. <laughs> um, so where, where yes. would you, where would you, I think you mentioned at the top, but what would you see again is, is what's unique about Mighty Brew and where would you like to say the next couple of years that you would like, like to go with what you with what you're doing where, where do you think are some neat uh, possibilities uh, or, or creative things that you're you you think you might like to do yeah so um the brand itself is uh, available online in terms of um, e-commerce online um in terms of where i'd like to expand where tea is going i just think that there's just such 
uh, a variety of ways that tea can be incorporated. I have fun with it in terms of in the winter months, I, I, I do a made from scratch marshmallow and infused tea into it. So with my chai blend, and I've also used it with hibiscus, um, I've created a terrific uh, iced tea blend also using hibiscus. I've played with the simple syrups um, where again, the sugar water and infusing the tea into it. And then I have it as a beverage in terms of just adding it to a soda water in the summertime, just for something different. So I just think that I'd like to see tea. I'd, I love the trajectory of where tea mm -hmm. is going. I love the fact that uh, people looking at it as a beverage, that there are more people coming into tea, which I am so, th so thankful. And I'm so happy that they've been able to discover teas that they love. And also where tea can go mm -hmm. from here, because I just, it's a beverage, but it's a product that can be used in so many ways. As I say, the mixologists yes. have gotten on, on that. Um, those that are baking, those that are cooking, there's just so many different ways that Lapsong, by the way, is a great um, ingredient to use if you're creating a spice blend and taking out things, something like a cumin that has a little bit of that already smokiness if you take that out of your blend and add the lapsong you'd be surprised at how delicious that would be let's say on a duck on a yeah, duck breast it's absolutely right. right so i just think that i'd like to see a greater expansion in terms of where tea can be i'd like to get more people on board into into the world yeah, of tea awesome so uh maybe just for listeners then don um where can they find you i think you are are at various events i think farmers markets and so forth and then you have your your website right yes so i do have my website www.mytbrew.com you can also go .ca it'll convert you back to .com and it'll get you there and you'll also see me at various events uh with that it um i work at i had the good pleasure of uh, applying to i apply to events that are larger that are handmade events so they're juried they're curated and it is being amongst makers and so that's the space that i like to be in uh rather than just events that are general events i like to be amongst makers uh mm -hmm. i think it's just a different mindset that yes. uh, than others and so I have the good pleasure. I've been accepted in the past to the Handmade Market in yeah. Niagara. Uh, they are absolutely fabulous. Niagara College has uh, carried my teas for a number of years. Um, there are some hosts, uh, some other retail locations that are also listed on the website. And certainly you're always welcome to reach out to me at any time. And um, I'll happy to uh, help you with your tea needs. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Donna, for sharing with, uh, with us and the listeners about it. You know, uh, Craft Path is, is really about the spirit of the craft and, and makers and so forth. So that's why definitely I wanted for us to have this chat. And uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. It was a, my pleasure to be part of this. Thank you.